With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's deflected. And picked up Mosey. He'll take it in. It's a pick six and a touchdown. Bell into the middle of that line. And it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone. It's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time to dip into the mailbag with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And, of course, above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Let's dip into the mailbag. Question comes in from John McAnally. He says, there have got to be players on other teams' practice squads that are better than the bottom tier of our 53-man roster. Why isn't Joe Douglas churning the bottom of the roster and looking for young talent that could help this year and beyond? I don't know that he isn't doing that. It's a very strange year, though, with corona. Nobody knows exactly how much anybody can really see of these guys. I will say, though, that... I hope that he at least gets a couple of decent fines. Remember, you never know who you're going to get off somebody's practice squad. At one point, Raheem Mostert was on the Jets' practice squad, and look at what he's doing now with the San Francisco 49ers. So, yeah, I'm sure he's monitoring things, and I do hope that he's able to pull something off. Not necessarily that he gets a superstar, but even if he can get some young players that can come in here and shake things up a little bit and at least compete for a spot next year, that would be a considerable win considering what we've been watching right now. Now. There, you do have to remember that uh, teams can protect certain players on the practice squad. I forget the exact rules there, um, but so there, there's some protecting going on there. So you can't just grab anybody you want off of other teams' practice squads. So that could play a part in this as well. Um, but yeah, you know, this, this is such a weird year, uh, and. I, I, I'm certain that Joe Douglas is not just not trying. Like, I know I threw a, a, maybe a triple negative in there, so that didn't make sense. <laughs> but I'm, I'm certain that he is taking a look and he's thinking about things and maybe he's got some people he has his eye on. Um, 
but it's also you have to you do have to consider the construction and makeup of this roster right now and all the injuries they have, especially like look at the offensive line right now. We know we know the wide receivers that they had. So maybe like maybe in week two there was a, a cornerback. Well, cornerback was another need too. So maybe there's somebody that he would have really liked, but he was like, man, we really need to get a receiver this week. I don't have the roster spot flexibility to get this guy now. And so maybe now it's the same way with the offensive line. Maybe there's, uh, you know, a, a, a middle linebacker, an outside, a, whatever, a running back, whoever, that he really likes that could develop. But he's like, we need to use this uh, to go pick up an extra offensive lineman this week. So <clears throat> there's a lot of factors in this as well. It's not just as simple as just being like, hey, let's just go scoop up every guy that I like. Um yeah, I mean, you could go that way, but I, I, they have to work with trying to have enough offensive linemen. You have to dress a certain amount of offensive linemen. Uh, so it's uh, there's just so many moving parts here, and I'm sure there's people around the league that Joe Douglas thinks could possibly develop and be a a, a good player in a year or two. But how much? And is that worth it for the other positions? I, I think that can make it a little bit tricky here. Next question comes in from Damian Shaw. He says, when will the Jets catch up to the modern NFL? Hopefully soon, because I would like to watch some good football. Well, I'm good to, uh, coaching to where the football is going. I hope this isn't where football is going. Um, <laughs> the, rest, the rest of football seems to be going a completely different direction. So, uh, I mean, listen, uh, Trevor Lawrence and a good coach can help, but you know, you you know what the real answer is. You you knew what the real answer was when you typed this question out, and it's different ownership. Next question comes in from Say My Name. If he says any idea what's going on with Mims, I know he's on IR. Is he ever coming back? I have to be honest with you, Chris. I'm starting to get a Devin Smith vibe from Denzel Mims. And I don't mean that they're similar players or that he's necessarily going to be a bust. But what I am saying is, if you remember, Devin Smith got hurt and then he barely played the first year. I hate to say it, but I feel like that just might be where we're headed with this. This Mims injury early in camp was described as not that big of a deal. And then as time wore on, the more you heard whispers, it just seemed like it was way worse than people expected. And I wonder if Mims is ever going to make any kind of real impact in year number one or if this injury is just going to keep lingering. I mean, I can, I can go a little bit of a flip side here, though. I could talk about Odell Beckham's rookie year and about him missing training camp in the beginning of the season with a hamstring injury, too. Now... That's probably not the best case because Odell Beckham has continued to have injuries throughout his career as well. But, uh, you know, Mims had the hamstring and then he came back and then he tore the other hamstring. But here's the thing. He's on IR, so he, he had to sit out three weeks. So uh, last week, last night, and the Cardinals game, that'll be three weeks. After the Cardinals game, he's eligible to come off IR. And if he's not off IR and playing – that following week, then we're going to really have some uh, concerns here about what's going on. But uh, he's eligible after the Cardinals game, so we'll have to look and see what happens there. I would think that he will probably be active. I wouldn't expect him to be playing like 50, 60 snaps that first game. But I, I think you're going to see him within the next couple of weeks after that. 
if we, if we don't, then you can definitely start having those types of concerns and that panic. Um, again, this is just a weird off season and it's just a weird season. Cause just, I mean, the Lawrence Cager injury last night, like I was watching that. I don't even know how that happened. That looked like maybe that had to be a turf monster thing. I don't even know what happened there. Um, and it, it's not just the Jets here. All these other teams, the Broncos had them as well. It's the only reason why that game was even close. Um, <clears throat> you know, we've talked about the 49ers, all their injuries, and how that hasn't stopped Kyle Shanahan from coaching uh, clinics being de- dealt out to everybody else. Um, I, I just – I'm not going to go that far with the Mims thing yet, but it, obviously after that uh, – Cardinals game if he's not back then we can start getting really concerned about it Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky Lucky? In line at the deli I guess Aha in my dentist's office more than once actually Do I have to say? Yes you do In the car before my kids PTA meeting Really? Yes Excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky I never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Chris, I have some very good news for you. Our next question comes in from your favorite person on earth, Peter J. Dillard. Yes. And you know what he's about to say. You know the word he's about to use. So get yourself ready. Here it comes. He says, gentlemen, please tell me I am wrong and that JD is not the usurper's lackey. <laughs> oh, that feels so good in my eardrum. It's, it's, it's just like it's a like massage for my eardrums. If listen, if if Joe Douglas genuinely believes that Adam Gates should keep his good job, then that's enough reason for me to fire uh, Joe Douglas. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that that's the case, and I, I don't know that the Johnson that Christopher Johnson didn't just say to Joe Douglas, "Hey." We're not firing him until after the season, at least. That's just like that's it. You you don't have a say. You have to wait till after the season to make a decision. It's entirely possible that that's the case, and it's believable that that's something the Johnsons would do. Um, so as long as I think that that might be a possibility, I'm going to withhold judgment on trying to you know how much blame does Joe Douglas get for Gase still being here? Because this is the Johnsons. If this was another um, organization, then I'd be willing to put more on 
Joe Douglas, but I, I know how the Johnsons operate, and this that makes total sense to me that they would say that. I do not know that that has been said. Um, I, I've had people posit that it, it's a possibility, but I do not – I don't have an, a single person that told me that that is what's happened. But knowing the Johnsons, that makes all the sense in the world to me. That's almost what I'd expect them to do. So it's hard for me to really sit here and be like, oh, I'm going to crush Joe Douglas for not uh, throwing a fit that Gay, Gay should be fired now. Because I think there's a very real possibility he was just told, it's not happening, don't ask. If Joe Douglas isn't respected enough by the Johnsons that if he was adamant about Adam Gase being removed, that they wouldn't even really take him seriously, then that just shows you once again how bad the dysfunction in the organization is. And if he's not putting up a major fight regardless, then that shows you that Joe Douglas doesn't have the stomach for this. So either way, this doesn't reflect well on the organization. I guess the best case scenario, if you're somebody that is holding out hope for Joe Douglas, is that he was told to stand down and he just realizes it's not a fight that he can win. But even so, you've got to be going to the mat and doing everything you can at this point to try and convince ownership because... As we've said, with each day that goes by and Adam Gase is still here, that's another day that Sam Darnold continues to slip into the abyss. But this does bring into question the reporting structure, which J.P. Waxer asks about. He says, guys, can the Jets finally please get rid of this reporting structure so that the coach reports to the general manager and this ridiculous kabuki theater? I'm with you. The decision whether or not to fire Adam Gase should be in the hands of Joe Douglas and I understand that the Johnsons do own the team, so they're going to have some say, but they should be there to back the decision, not to tell Joe Douglas what he can and can't do. This has been a problem as long as I've covered this team. Uh, it goes back beyond that as well. But uh, this reporting structure is ridiculous. And, yeah, of course, the owner's always going to have some say. But if I'm an owner of a team and a GM wants to fire a coach that I'm like absolutely opposed to, then I'm probably going to fire the GM at that point. Uh, and if he wants, if he wants to keep a coach that I absolutely want to fire, then I'm probably going to fire them both. It's so backwards and it's so not how uh, the good organizations run things. You have to have a top down structure Uh the you know the way it's lined up pits them against each other. It's what we got when we had Rex and Idzik. They were working on two different timelines. It's what we had with Gase and McCagnin, and which is what allowed Gase the backdoor channels to get uh, McCagnin fired. And it's just a recipe for disaster. You can't allow that option. There's a reason why organizations are set up like this, and why going behind back. And uh, going up, skipping ahead on the uh, chain of command ends up backfiring if anyone finds out about it. Uh, you can't have people do, uh, set up that way. It just creates too much division and th everyone needs to be on the same page. But this is how the Johnsons have stubbornly <clears throat> continued to choose to run the organization. And this is why I always come back to the organization is the problem. The ownership is the problem. How can it not be the problem? 
Next question comes in from Gangrene for Life. Gentlemen, I know that Joe Flacco made his debut in the game on Thursday night against the Broncos, but why didn't the Jets just put him on IR and use the roster spot more efficiently the first three weeks? I don't understand what the rationale is here. I don't understand it either. They had to carry all these quarterbacks. As I joked with Manish, I think this is like thing number 855,000 that I would complain about with the Jets right now, but it's definitely a curious decision and I've yet to get a satisfying explanation for it. The only semi-decent explanation I can think of is that, you know, around uh, week one and week two that they thought that maybe he'd come back quicker uh, and so that they didn't want to put him on the IR and then end up taking a little longer. But even that's like, ah, um, but this is one of those things where, again, it's a weird, crazy year because I'm not actually in the facility all day. I I'm not getting as much information and talking about as much stuff, but mainly the big thing here is there's just so much wrong. And like you said, this is like a thousandth thing you're worried about. There's just so much wrong and so much to talk about that I can't get to it all. And I can't I can't spend every second trying to unearth what's uh, the root of each and every problem. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it certainly seems like poor roster management. Uh, yeah, I don't see how you could really say any, anything otherwise at this point. But it's so far down the list of the problems that I just don't have the time to sit here and dig around to try to figure out why that's the pro- a problem. Chris, I wonder what the betting lines would be on who the next Jets head coach is going to be. I wish that I could go over to my bookie and bet on that right now because the odds would be fascinating. Can't bet on that yet, but there's so much more that you can bet on. You can bet on all the rest of the Jets games throughout the year. You can bet on any of the games you want. Plus, you can bet on all kinds of other sporting events, props, and anything else you like over at MyBookie right now. Use the promo code OVERTIME and you can get yourself up to $1,000 in free play and double your first deposit. And as Chris said earlier, if you want to make some money, your best bet is to bet against the Jets the rest of the year. So head over to MyBookie right now. Use the promo code OVERTIME and you can get up to $1,000 in free play and double your first deposit. As I said, I wish that you could bet on who the next Jets head coach would be or there were betting lines at least because it would be really fascinating to see what Vegas would have in terms of who's going to be the odds on favorite. And that leads into our next question from Michael Christopher. He says, what coaches are at the top of your list for next season when they hopefully fire Gase? Rank these and others you have. He lists Eric Bieniemy, Jim Harbaugh, Ryan Day, Greg Roman, Brian Dable, Doug Peterson, and Anthony Lynn if either one of them or both of them gets fired, Dabo Swinney, and Wink Martindale. So I'm not going to rank these guys. Here's what I'm going to say. All of the coordinators that you listed are interesting candidates. Arthur Smith would be another one, the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. But that's such a roll of the dice. And I understand that sometimes you just have to do it. All of those guys have done a really good job in different ways. But you have to understand that it's a major risk. So I wouldn't really be able to tell you without going through the interview process which one of these guys, as Chris talked about before when we mentioned Wink Martindale, potentially being the next Jets head coach. I need to know what they're going to do in terms of building a staff, what their overall plan is to manage the roster, to manage the coaching staff. 
all of that is something I would need to know before I would feel comfortable hiring any of those guys who is an unproven coordinator. So I'll just say that all of those guys are intriguing prospects. And beyond that, there's not really anything else that you can offer. As far as Doug Peterson and Anthony Lynn, I don't know about Doug Peterson. I watch a lot of Eagles and I pay pretty close attention to what's going on over there. And Doug Peterson just looks lost and I wouldn't touch him. I know he won a Super Bowl, but I think he's been exposed a lot the last couple of years. Anthony Lynn is worth thinking about, but I don't think he's going to get fired. And then you mentioned some college coaches. I don't like Jim Harbaugh at all. I think he's been exposed a lot at Michigan. And remember, he was run out of town in San Francisco. The players got tired of his act. I just don't think that he's somebody that would work here. I think he'd come here and after two or three years, it would all blow up. So I know he's a sexy name, but I wouldn't go after him. Ryan Day, maybe. I'd have to really look into him. I honestly don't know enough about the ins and outs of what he does coaching-wise. Dabo Sweeney, I can't imagine him coming here. Although, obviously, if they got the number one pick and Trevor Lawrence was in play, if ever there was going to be something that would entice him, that could be it. One guy internally that we've talked about that I think deserves some consideration is Brant Boyer, although the special teams haven't been great this year, but he does have four years of excellent special teams work on his resume, so he should definitely get an interview, I think. One name I didn't see on this list, though, who is still my personal favorite candidate is Todd Monken, and I've talked about why a million times. He was a successful college head coach, and people will talk about his record. He went 13-25, and 25, but you have to look at the circumstances. He came into a winless team that was at rock bottom. They won one game his first year, three games his second year. By the third year, they won nine games and won the conference. They had the deepest roster they had had in decades. He had developed about a dozen players from Southern Miss, mind you, Todd Monken, to go to the NFL. So this is somebody that has a track record of being a successful head coach at the collegiate level, of building a program, of sending players to the NFL. And by the way, one of them was Nick Mullins, who beat the Jets and just beat the Giants as well and was turned into an NFL-caliber quarterback, even though he showed up as a 150-pound freshman. You look at other player development he's responsible for. Justin Blackman was turned into the best wide receiver in the country at Oklahoma State while Monken was there. In the pros, he helped develop Adam Humphreys into an NFL player. Even Mike Evans has said that without Todd Monken, who knows where he'd be because he had terrible problems dropping passes and Monken helped him fix that. We know that he led the number one passing offense in the entire NFL with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston as his quarterbacks. So he's somebody that has success at pretty much everything you would want him to have success at except being an NFL head coach. That's the only thing he hasn't done, but he has shown that he can lead because he's been a head coach before. I don't think that anybody should hold the Browns experience against him because clearly he wasn't the one that was responsible for that. That was Freddie Kitchens who was pulling all of the strings and Monken has bounced back at Georgia very nicely this year. George is doing very well. So for me, you look at that resume, he's got everything you want in a head coach. Plus, he's got a hell of a personality, which is perfect for the New York media. So that's the guy that I still think should be number one on their list. Whether or not he is, I don't know. I know he did impress Jets brass the last time, and he was the runner-up for the job. Whether or not that means the Johnsons want him to come back in for another interview, I couldn't tell you. I do know that he doesn't have any connection to Joe Douglas that I'm aware of, so maybe that hurts him, but that's the guy for me that absolutely makes the most sense because he checks so many of these boxes, whereas a lot of these other guys are so unproven in so many areas. Yeah, I, and listen, the, the college record was a reason why people didn't want uh, 
Cliff Kingsbury as the coach either. That, that's looking pretty pretty decent right now. And Matt Rule, um, by the way, they kept pointing to the fact that he had a losing record his first two years at Baylor. And to be fair, we don't know for sure that he's going to be a success in the NFL, but still, that seems a little silly to me in retrospect. Yeah, and it's looking good so far, uh, especially with the expectations that they had, but a long way to go there. But yeah, when, when you're talking about schools like Texas Tech, Baylor, and Southern Miss, that, that's different than you've got a losing record at Alabama or at Clemson or USC. That's different than a, a losing record at Southern Miss or Texas Tech. Like Those are schools that are notoriously hard to win at. So just being competitive is a, a, a plus. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's the same thing I, I said before. I've, r- right now, without having the information of, who the offensive staff would be for Wink Martindale, Robert Sala, something along those lines. I'm going to pick, I'm going to lean towards the offensive guys. The offensive guys are going to be at the top of my list. You know, I love Monken. Uh, Dabble, uh, uh, Brian Dabble will probably be at, at right there at the top too. And this is the thing, especially if they're in a position to draft Trevor Lawrence. Uh, honestly, all I'm going to care about is getting somebody who is going to be able to not break and ruin uh, Trevor Lawrence and for the first two years of uh, Trevor Lawrence's career that's all I want all I want is an offensive uh, uh, coach that is going to groom and develop Trevor Lawrence and not break him and then if everything else around the team falls apart then I can fire him and then I can move on and uh, at that point, I'm assuming Trevor Lawrence is going to be good enough that it's not going to be really matter who his offensive coordinator is. Uh, so that would be more of an approach I'd take. But again, if I'm interviewing Wink Martindale or Robert Sala and they come and they say, hey, I'm going to bring these guys into my stat- offensive staff and I like those guys, then I'm going to be much more interested in them as well. It's just impossible for me to put them at the top without having any idea of what they're going to do offensively. And like I said, I'd rather just know, hey, Brian Dabble or Arthur Smith, <laughs> I trust them with Trevor Lawrence for the first couple of years of his career. And that would that would be the main thing that I'd be looking for. Should add two things to what you were saying about Monken, by the way, in terms of the college record. Remember, you've got to look at the trajectory because if somebody comes in and takes over a broken program, it's going to take time to get them back on track. That's what happened with Rule at Baylor. It's what happened with Monken at Southern Miss. As an example, in the NFL, everybody seems to think that Brian Flores is doing a really good job in Miami. They're going to have a losing record the first two seasons. So it would be absurd to take a look at that after two years and say, Brian Flores is a failure. Look at his record as a head coach without taking the context into consideration, which is what happened with Monken. He took over a broken program, and within three years, he rebuilt them into a winner. They won the conference. Also, one thing that I love about Todd Monken that we have never seen from Adam Gase is that he has has humility because when he had Nick Mullins who by the way as you said Chris you want somebody you can trust with your quarterback Nick Mullins as I said 150 pound freshman when he showed up at Southern Miss by the time he was done he had developed into a guy that could be a legitimate NFL quarterback as we have now seen but at one point Todd Monken felt like he wasn't getting the most out of Nick Mullins and he sat down with Chip Lindsay who was Nick Mullins high school coach and was the offensive coordinator on Monken's staff at Southern Miss and he said to him what am I missing here 
senior and Lindsay outlined what he used to do with him in high school and Monken recognized that Lindsay was the better option in terms of play calling that he would get more out of Nick Mullins than Monken would so Monken turned the play calling duties over to Chip Lindsay and Chip Lindsay was able to help take Nick Mullins to that next level and I think that's very important when you're a head coach you want somebody that can be in charge of everything especially if you're a great offensive mind that can call plays and be innovative but you also want somebody who recognizes when he's not the best guy for a specific job and can delegate to somebody else that he feels would do better at that job without feeling insecure that is something that Adam Gase would never ever do never ever has done it's something that's important and it shows somebody who's confident who's secure and as I said a true leader and someone who understands the players he has and the staff that he has so that's what I would say about Todd Monken I'm still I guess the leader of the Todd Monken fan club but like I said the fact that he built that program at Southern Miss and showed that he could be a successful head coach at the collegiate level for me is big because with these coordinators there's so much that you don't know about what they would do as a head coach and the fact that Monken has done it at least at the collegiate level pulls my worries back a little bit that doesn't mean that I would be against hiring one of these coordinators it just means that I would certainly be worried about it because it's such a risk you just never know what you're going to get so many times these guys are brilliant coordinators and then just can't put it together as a head coach and that's what you would be looking at here it would be a shot in the dark it's always a coin flip type of situation and all you can do is hire one of those guys hope that they turn out to be the next Bill Belichick instead of dare I say the next Adam Gase that's going to wrap up the mailbag but before we go I want to try and help you make some money this Sunday courtesy of my buddy Walter Cherapinski over at WalterFootball.com with his weekly gambling picks Walter let's fill some people's pockets this Sunday welcome to the show my man Thanks, Scott. So can't really talk about the Jets this week because they lost on Thursday to the Broncos, but we can always bet against them next week. Uh, so you might as well start in the AFC East. I like the Bills minus three over the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders are going to be down two starting offensive linemen against a great Buffalo front. Uh, and so Derek Carr is not going to get very much uh, protection this week. Uh, also, uh, Derek Carr is going to be missing his two starting outside receivers. Uh, Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards are out. So he's going to have Nelson Aguilar and Zay Jones out there trying to get open against two talented Buffalo corners. It's not going to happen for the Raiders. They're not going to move the ball very well. So I like the Bills minus three at Vegas. Uh, I like some home dogs this week. Um, Lions plus four. Actually, I think it's down to plus three and a half or three against the Saints. Uh, the Saints are going to be down two starting uh, cornerbacks against County Galladay and Marvin Jones. The Saints also missing Michael Thomas and a bunch of other players. So uh, they're they're pretty shorthanded, and the Lions are getting healthier. They're getting Desmond Trufant back. So I like the Lions here. I, I think the spread is mispriced. I actually think that the Lions should be favored uh, given how many injuries the Saints have. So I like the Lions. I also like the Panthers plus three and a half or plus three. Uh, either one's good. Uh, the the Cardinals are missing uh, two starting safeties and a cornerback. So they're going to be missing three starters in the, de- in the defensive backfield against the Carolina team that has some very talented players at receiver. Uh, so I think the Panthers uh, should, you know, they should cover this game, maybe even win outright. It seems like they're playing better. They won at the Chargers last week. So they're, they're getting some momentum going and the, the Cardinals are trending downward with all their injuries. Also like the Jaguars plus three at Cincinnati. So Cincinnati played five full quarters last week. Uh, they tied the 
the game against the Eagles. The Jaguars, meanwhile, they have extra rest, uh, having played last Thursday night. Uh, also, DJ Chark is coming back from injury, which is huge. Uh, they really missed him against the Dolphins. So it's going to be a, a better-looking Jaguar offense against the Cincinnati team that can't really stop anyone. Uh, the Cincinnati, by the way, they're going to they're gonna be missing two, start, two of their top three defensive tackles. So the Jaguars should be able to move the ball pretty well. So I, I like the Jaguars plus three. Uh, I also like the 49ers uh, minus seven uh, against the Eagles. So uh, lots of injuries here for the Eagles. They're, they're missing three starting offensive linemen. Uh, and, and the 49ers, they, uh, they have some injuries on the defensive line. Obviously, Nick Bosa's out. D4 is out. But they still have Eric Armstead. They still have Javon Kinlaw. Some other players have stepped up. Uh, Deion Jordan's actually playing well for the first time, uh, it seems like, in his career, which is amazing. So I, I think the Niners should be able to get some pressure on the Eagles. And uh, if Unless I'm mistaken, I, I think the Eagles only have two healthy outside cornerbacks uh, on the roster right now. And Depot Samuel is coming back for the 49ers. Brandon Ayuk is looking better. Uh, George Kittle is uh, is coming back this week as well. And the Eagles can't stop tight ends. So it, it seems like a nightmare matchup for the Eagles. So I think the Niners should be able to, to cover this game. Also, like the Packers Monday night uh, against the Falcons. Depends if Jair Alexander plays. Uh, that That's huge. We don't know his status yet. But if he plays, I like the Packers to cover against Atlanta team that's missing three players in their secondary so you have to wonder how they're going to cover Devontae Adams so I also like the Packers uh, minus the seven as well so those are the waltzerfootball.com gambling picks for week four back to you Scott thanks Walter and thank you for listening if you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet if you could go ahead and do that for us really appreciate it easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts you know where to go that's turn on the jets digital and turn on the jets.com hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.